0: You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 830 or 1045. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, hello, Asbury. Good morning. Uh, As you have already heard, uh, Robert has COVID, so I'm not with you this morning. Uh, And we hope to see you next week. But just to play it safe, we are here uh, and I'm, I'm recording this the day before. But I want it to be very natural. Uh, you know, so I'm going to be in the sanctuary. The, the camera angle, no one's up here in my face. So the camera angle is just as it would be on the live stream. I'm going to talk to you as if this room is full of disciples wanting to learn uh, about Jesus. And there's going to be no editing. We're not going to polish it. You know, it's going to be, you know, a disaster like it normally is on, on Sunday. Actually, can we, can we take that back? Can we edit that? I'm going to try that again. Yeah? Good morning, Asbury. It's good to be with you. I'm kidding, I planned that. Um, uh, it'll make sense later in the video. Last week we talked about the via positiva or the, the positive way, as we were thinking about original blessing. Remember, sin, sin lies to us. Sin wants us to believe that our relationship begins with it, our relationship with God begins with sin, that as soon as we are born, we are supposed to be fixed. But when we look to God and we actually read God's story in the beginning of Genesis, we find that we are an original blessing, that God dwells within us, and that we could laugh at this notion that the minute we are born, we are wretched, that maybe, just maybe, our relationship with God begins with an original blessing. But there's more to the story. Last week, we talked about the via positiva, standing up, opening up, seeing our neighbor. Today, we talk about the via negativa, or the the negative way, the shadow way, the way of darkness. This way of finding God calls us not to be open and out and seeing our neighbor. It actually calls for us to take a deep dive into the self to see what we might find. Sometimes we have to go quite deep to remind ourselves of the image of God that is lying within. So, our scripture lesson today is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with the 18th verse. I'd say it's on the screens. It's not on the screens because I'm on the screen, but it is in your Bible, so let us hear the word of the Lord. For since in the wisdom of God, <clears throat> the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to jewels and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week we talked about the power of God and the creativity of God in creation. We talked about creation being the word of God. God created through words, and that is true. But God didn't only create through words. Words, by definition, are not just letters. Words also need space. There has to be negative space in order for us to recognize a word. If the negative space in between letters is, is, is not enough, then the, the letters are, are jumbled and it's hard to tell where one letter ends and the other begins. The same with words. Words need negative space in between them in order to discern where one, begi- one word begins and another word ends. And I, I did this on a video uh, earlier this week where, where the phrase, God is now here, can also be read as God is nowhere. Nowhere. Depending on where we add that negative space, we need that negative space in order to make sense of God's word. And the negative space has to be just right. If it's not enough, we can't tell where one word ends and the other begins. If it's too much, then the words look like they don't belong to each other. That negative space, that absence in between the words, is necessary in order to make sense. Of our world. We have to dive into that darkness in order to find the light, so to speak. Now, when I was a child, I was not afraid of the dark. I was afraid of not enough light. Which is different. There's a difference there. If it's completely dark in your bedroom, it's just as the same as. as Closing your eyes. And if there's too much light, then you can't go to sleep. There has to be just enough light to keep the monsters at bay, but not so much light that it keeps you awake. If it's too little light, like too little space in between words, if it's too little light, then even the most innocent of things cast shadows. It's like when you're, when you're camping, right? And you have the flashlight and you put the flashlight under your face and it makes you look creepy. It's just enough light to make you look creepy, right? Same thing if you're in a room and there's only one candle flickering, the shadows start to dance and sometimes that can be unsettling. There has to be just the right amount of darkness for us to find rest. think of it this way, uh, you know, the pathway to God, especially when you go to seminary, for example, when you go to seminary in your first year of seminary, what you do is that you build this box and and, uh, you learn theology, you learn Old and New Testament, you learn uh, church history. And what you end up doing is that you think you have God all figured out and you put God into a box. You have built this box and you put God within it and you're feeling really good. You're feeling, it's called a master of divinity after all, like you have mastered the divine, right? And you put God in this box and you carry with you, right? Well, the second year of seminary, you go back, and what they do, you start to learn ethics. And you start a work placement where you're actually in the parish, in the church, with real people, and you realize that you have to take a sledgehammer to your box. You have to break it apart, because God is just bigger than you ever imagined God being. It's not that what you learned was wrong, but what you discover is that what you learned was much too small to fit all of God in it. So you bust that box apart, and then you build another one. You build a bigger one. And then there comes a time where you have to bust that box apart, too, to build an even bigger one. Until finally, when you get to your third year of seminary, you realize that the way to connect with God, the way to walk with God, is to recognize that God doesn't need a box at all. There is no box. God doesn't need one. If there is a box... It is for you, not for God. We think that it is God who needs the box. And we're crafting this box out of of like a holy discipline of of following it. We we craft this box, we put God within it. But then we discover that God doesn't need the box. It's kind of like um, uh, Easter Sunday, right? Um, Now, the resurrected Lord, as we hear these Easter stories, the resurrected Lord appeared behind closed doors, locked closed doors. He appeared behind them. Therefore, when they go to the tomb and they see that the stone had already been rolled away, the stone was rolled away for us. The stone wasn't rolled away for Jesus. The box that we carry God in is only for us. And when we discover that we can walk with God without a box at all is when we begin to truly discover the magnificent presence of God, that there's more to discover, that there's more to learn. Sometimes diving into the self, getting rid of this box, means spending time in the dark where our eyes are no good, right? It reminds me of the kingdom parables, you know, people, uh, Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? And he said, the kingdom of God is, is like a mustard seed, Right? Or the kingdom of God is like a treasure buried in a field. Or or the kingdom of God is, is like a pearl. Right? What do all of these things have in common? One, they're small, which means they're easy to miss. And they all are born out of darkness. The pearl is formed in the darkness of an oyster. The mustard seed has to be planted in the earth. The treasure is is buried in the field. It's small. It's precious, it's easily forgotten, and it is born out of darkness, just like you and me. The first nine months of our existence is in the dark, in our mother's womb. When we go into that place, when we spend time unplugging and meditating and and entering into the darkness, closing our eyes, what emerges is an even more accurate Understanding of who God is and how we are God's own creation. Now, when we go to that place, there may be some pain. There may be something that we have hidden deep inside. Maybe we've forgotten about it. We've hidden it so deep that not even we remember where we had put it Things that we had forgotten might resurface. Sin wants us to think that we need to go to this place alone. Sin likes to divide and conquer. We're not built to go to these places alone. We need each other. It is not a sign of weakness to share our suffering Suffering is something that we all know on some kind of level, we're not meant to carry it alone. And the minute you think that it might be weak to share your suffering, or that we're supposed to just pack it away, we're supposed to just carry it ourselves and pick ourselves up by our shoes, you do realize that not even Jesus carried the cross all the way. You do remember that story, right? Jesus was carrying the cross and he fell and he stumbled. So they found Simon a Cyrene and pulled him out of the crowd and Simon picked up the cross and carried it for Jesus. Not even Jesus carried the cross alone. What makes you think that you are called to carry your own suffering by yourself? It's deadly. You're not alone. We all know suffering. We've all had some kind of trauma, stories we would rather forget. Sometimes we have to dive into that place to once again remember that you are beautiful. One of my great friends in ministry, Sean Anglim, would always greet us, you beautiful people, because you are beautiful people. There's a quote from the original blessing book, it says this. Prettiness does not demand difficulty, but beauty does. Beauty is not learned or valued without the suffering that makes us big enough and strong enough to be proper vessels of the beautiful. In other words, you can be pretty by using a filter, Or projecting an image that is not really yourself. But it isn't beautiful. And it isn't beautiful because it isn't real. We spend a lot of our lives using filters. And yes, maybe to impress, maybe to look better. Or sometimes it's a means of becoming better actually. You know, John Wesley, he had a faith crisis and he talked to his friend Peter Bowler and Peter said preach the faith until you have it and then when you have it, preach it. So there may be a very good reason why we project and we use a filter. Maybe we're trying to better ourselves and we need a goal, we need an image, we need an idea. But it is just that. It is an image. It is a projection. It is an idea. But on the whole, we put up projections of ourselves because we because actually being ourselves can scare the hell out of us. With too much light, we can drown ourselves out. With no light at all, you can close your eyes and you can ignore it. You need just the right amount of light to dive into yourself. When we make the plunge deep into ourselves, we will find God there. And it's not the God that fits in a box. It's not our image of God. It's not a projection of God. We always have to reimagine and revisit our pictures of God throughout our life. What we will discover inside of us, if we are brave enough and willing enough to share that kind of suffering, to dive into ourselves, we will find the Almighty who is intimate, who loves you, who is the joy. Of what it means to be alive. What does joy mean? The steadfast assurance that God is with us. That is the God that is lying in the depth of your own soul, if you are willing to suffer the darkness in order to find it. Or as original blessing says, outside of God, there is nothing but nothing. (laughs) Outside of God, there is nothing but nothing. And you are a blessed something. So stop with all the editing. Let it be. Let the video of you be the video of you. That doesn't mean that things are easy or that there's nothing to work on. We all know that, which is why we try to hide it so much. Last week was about opening up and seeing your neighbor. But this, this week, this week, It's about being brave enough to take the deep dive into yourself and know that you are not alone. Not even Jesus carried the cross by himself. Neither will you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, you who are the author of the positive way, the via positiva that calls us to be open and outwardly focused, seeing our neighbor and reveling in the power of creation, the word that you offer us, you are also a God of the silence and the darkness and the negative space in between those words, the space of discovery. Father, as we are on our path, whether we have placed you in a box or taken you out of the box or busted up the box, or finally, if we are in a place of recognizing that there is no box, help us to walk with you. Help us to not be afraid of the dark. Help us to share our suffering with one another so that we will know that none of us are alone. And that in you, there is no darkness at all. What seems to be darkness with our eyes is a holy light of yours. So be with us this day as we continue to walk with you as your original blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I know we're not going directly into communion, or at least I don't think we are. Susan, are we doing? Tommy, are we? going to, what, what I'd like to do, I'm going to test the limits of our own Methodist faith, uh, and I would like to bless the elements that are on the altar table. Technically, an elder is supposed to be present uh, in order to bless the elements, but we're going to do this because I believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to give us this mulligan today <laughs> so that we can share communion with one another. So, the Lord be with you. Let us pray is God, Pour your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Friends, I hope to see you in person next week. Uh, and and, and I, I covet your prayers as we continue uh, to, to remain uh, healthy. As I said, you know Robert has, has COVID, uh, but his only symptoms are playing video games and complaining about what we have for lunch. Uh, so if, the, if that's uh, our, our COVID symptoms, then, then I will certainly take it. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you, God willing, I will see you next week.